Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Alexis Kingsbury, who is an award-winning entrepreneur currently running two software businesses with remote and global teams serving over 500 organizations around the world, including well-known brands such as Sony, 3M, Swarovski, Fitness First, and Pepsi. And through his work, Alexis has helped hundreds of business leaders to save them thousands of hours of each of their time each year and enable them to work more effectively and unlock their business's growth. So Alexis... Thank you very much for being here. How are you doing today? Yeah, it's a pleasure. And thank you for having me. Um, yeah, no, I'm really good today. It's uh, It's been uh, a busy one, but uh, productive. So all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, as far as Mondays go, I think that is a, a great way to uh, <laughs> begin the week. So I appreciate that. So I'd love for you to start us off and like let everybody know um even just from that short bio clearly you know you, you're, you're somebody that does a lot of good work so i'd love to dive further into like how did you get to doing what you're doing how did you get to here um kind of floor is yours for that sure so i mean i was a i was an entrepreneurial kid i tried lots of different ideas right through from washing cars and trying to do websites and so on um but i really struggled to make anything scale and i always wanted to kind of create businesses that could grow beyond me uh, I studied management science at university to try and learn. I became a management consultant and worked with loads of organizations uh, like Honda and BP and UK government and so on to try and learn how they uh, scaled uh, and eventually uh, created my own business with a co-founder um, with the aim of building actually software businesses. Like we started off as a consultancy, but I wanted to build software businesses. And so uh, we uh, tried a few different ideas, eventually pivoted to one called Spider Gap, which is an online 360 degree feedback tool and found it really, really hard, like hard to, to get traction and find the right product market fit. And then when we did like create it, like working out how to market and sell the product. But we went through and we iterated and hired people and had to lose people and then hired again, but did it better. Uh, and provided the proper processes and guidance the next time round. after realizing that not giving, not giving, uh, uh, we learned that hiring a great salesperson, maybe like they can be the great, greatest salesperson in the world. But if you don't if you give them any of the knowledge and the guidance and the processes, yeah, they they won't achieve great results. <laughs> so learning to put those kind of things in place. And we've kind of iterated over, over the years, uh, had some pretty deep uh, moments where it got very, very scary. Uh, but we've also had some great successes. And as a result, we've kind of grown the business really well. As you mentioned, you know, serving over 500 organizations, I think last check it's 580, something like that. Um, we've got seven figure revenues, got a global team across five of the seven continents. Um, so we're in, you know, good shape in many ways. 
Um, but the one of the challenges that we found when kind of growing the business and scaling was that the uh, a lot of the processes, the guidance, the structures that we put in place so that people could do good work and not repeat the same mistakes and get started in a new role and get to um, get performing quickly, uh, doing all of those things. We were having to use systems and uh, workarounds that that made it very messy and as a result, time consuming to run. So as a result, uh, about nearly two years ago, we started another software business, Air Manual, which makes it easy to kind of document your process and onboarding online as checklists. Um, and then we found that actually business owners love it, but could do with a lot of help in terms of applying it. So as a result, we hired consultants and trained them up. And so then now they help business owners to do that too. So it's kind of been a really interesting journey where I feel like what we're now helping other business owners to do reflects the kind of journey that we've been on. And I'm now at a, a stage where I'm looking to get the message out and help more people, but that's not a that's not a competence and a discipline that I've particularly developed previously. Um, with my previous businesses and so on, we've kind of done this incremental growth. We've developed products and services that are that are either already kind of similar to ones already in the, available in the market, so people know where to find them and we just need to be there, or products and services where it's high value and therefore I've been able to do it by one-to-one -one selling and referrals. And so I'm kind of having to grow and develop as a business leader in that area of kind of communication and marketing and getting out there. Beautiful. So it's like this story of, like I I knew exactly where my my strengths were. They were, yeah. for lack of a better term, like kind of like the background strengths. And now, I've optimized for that. It's it's gotten to this point where it's its own you know machine. But now there's like expansion that needs to be made, and I am at the forefront of that expansion. It's requiring me to step into a different role that I've been used to. So is that kind of accurate from from your perspective? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, it's a, uh, both a role and um, I guess a confidence around the experiences. Like you can read a load and listen to coaches and experts and so on. But often until you've done some of it, it doesn't feel easy, right? It's <laughs> um, it's a little, a little bit like uh, earlier this year, I, I ran in uh, what's called the rat race in the UK, which uh, is a 20 mile obstacle race with 200 obstacles and I'd never done I think the longest I'd done was like six miles as a run before and so I'd never done it before and so it's kind of terrifying and just yeah like the I'm not really understanding how to do it um and then once you've done it of course it becomes something you go oh that wasn't so bad like I actually really enjoyed that and um yeah, so it kind of feels like we're there where we're kind of now having to do something new and that's always initially scary and challenging. Got it. Uh, it's like that distinction between like this is an embodied experience of like I, I actually went through it and, and, and I did, you know, the reps and the motions and, and the thing, mm -hmm. whereas before it was just like, kind of like an intellectual uh, understanding. So, yeah, that absolutely uh, makes sense. And if I were to zoom out from there, you know, it's like, so you listen to this story and you're like, man, like this is like a very cool story. You're in a very good position that so many businesses try to to, to be in. So many founders try to like be in. It's like, well, this guy, like everything's perfect. Like there must not be like anything, you know, wrong. And 
obviously we all know that that's always not the the, no. the case. So what I'm curious then is kind of like what is present for you right now to bring to to this conversation? Yeah, well, I think um, I'm trying to remember where where I've heard it from. It's probably a book with this title, but it makes me think of the obstacle is the way, and it's it's like I feel like there's there's as you said like wherever you're at in your business there's always another thing to address like your reward for solving a problem is a maybe slightly better quality problem that's just like the standard like even if you make loads of money you have a new problem called what to do with the money <laughs> such yeah. that you keep it or whatever and so i think um uh i sort of identify with the fact that like, as you say, we've kind of played to strengths. We've, we've done some things that have got us into a great position. But I feel like there's so much more that we can do. And I, I feel like the way that I've approached things so far has been a, a very organic, organized, referral-based, you know, let's eke out another 10%. And then I when I speak to other entrepreneurs, peers, et cetera, who have done crazy, amazing things on their marketing and their sales and getting the message out there and just going from you know, not to 60 in uh, a ridiculously short period of time. And I look at that and I'd love to look at that and just be like, you know, what one person can do, so can another, I'm going to go do that. And so I, I, I try, obviously I'm working on my ability to do those things, but um, yeah, I think in terms of the, the mental baggage that comes with that, it's that, that feeling of what if I can't, you know, to go back to that, like obstacle race example, like I, there was a very real risk that I wouldn't be able, that I would crash out at some point. And there was moments like when I was literally running and I'm just like, like I'm feeling twinges. How far away am I that if I decided, you know, I'm out and I'm just going back to like where the finish line is. <laughs> like, I actually don't know where I am <laughs> and gut feel is I'm, I'm a long way away from from a you know uh, a warm drink and a sit down so I'm gonna keep walking uh, gonna keep running and then after a while like you know got back in the mix and I was okay and I, I wonder whether you know I, I, but as a result there's a very real risk you know it was uh, there's a real risk of it failing and therefore I have a similar feeling of like you know I want to I want to be out there I want to get out there to as many people as possible and help them achieve some of the things that we've achieved but I've got to do it by, I think I've got to do it by things that I've never done before successfully <laughs> and and not through lack of trying, right? Like I've tried various different ways, particularly for other businesses um, uh, in the past where I've tried to like get message out and do those things and just, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't know what's held me back. Um, I think, I think sometimes it's when I'm trying to do the messaging, when I'm trying to, simplify it or i'm trying to turn it into a landing page webinar whatever i think i think sometimes i want to add so much value that i cram too much in and so i think it becomes more difficult to buy or share or whatever because i'm just wanting to be like let me help you solve this problem here's everything you need and i think often the person receiving that is just like wow okay thank you i now need to go and unpack all of this stuff so um, and sometimes I can even end up frustrated, like I can end up frustrated that, you know, I, I'll I'll feel like I've demonstrated like logically and uh, shown like here's exactly how you can put one hour in 
and get like five, 10, 15 hours out of like and free up your time, which is like most valuable resource. Like we've all got the same amount. It's very hard to uh, to buy it back and, and and so on. And once it's gone, it's gone. Like, and I can show them that. And then the frustration is that that doesn't either that doesn't click or it's like, yep, completely agree, but let me think about it or give me some time or like or whatever. And so um yeah, I think some of that kind of holds me back from sharing and getting out there more maybe got it so you mentioned like leadership you mentioned obstacle is the way so when it comes to you evolving into this part of your leadership what would you define from your perspective right now the obstacle um what i define as the obstacle that Yeah, I'm trying to dig dig out to it or zoom out of it as to what's the what's the obstacle behind the obstacle. Um it's probably about making the message clear enough and and then repeating that. <laughs> and I think I think that's often what I struggle with because I want to because there's a lot I can talk about. I feel very comfortable like with my background as a management consultant and so on. I've got a lot of stories. I can form a lot of structures and so on on the fly and I can tailor it to people's situations. But then that doesn't translate well to say trying to create a landing page or whatever, where it's like, you don't know who's going to land there. Like it needs to do that messaging. So I think that's, that's part of it is, so is that. And then a different way. Tend to right. hold back from. Because that answer... Well, it absolutely sounds logical. It's like, yeah, that's a very real mm. problem in your, you know, customer journey funnel and like, where could I optimize and in all the things, right? Which is like, I don't obviously know you well, but like I can tell even from our short time together, like your strength is in your ability to use your brain. You know, like that, that's just, it's abundantly clear in how you talk and how you break things down and how you're like, well, I excel. And when I can see all the pieces together and like, I, I can see your mm -hmm. solution for you, but like, I can't express mm -hmm. it to you. And it's like frustrating because like, you're making a decision that's going to like wrongly impact you. And my inability to communicate yeah. it is going to be the ripple effect. You know, it's like, okay. I, I see all of that. So if you were to flip that same question around and like not about the obstacle in the process, but what is the obstacle to you becoming the leader that is clear on how I meet the people where they're at? What do you think the answer might be? Short answer, I don't know. <laughs> Fair. So if you had to um, guess, what do you think it might be? Uh, uh, so looking internally, what holds me back from already knowing the answer? Like as a, a, you know, in terms of not already seeing the way through, potentially knowing the answer, I would argue that it's probably your head being like, "Well, what's the missing piece that I'm yeah. like not looking into?" Uh, where I invite you more to look at is because you mentioned leadership multiple times, so it's like, what's the obstacle of me becoming the leader, like stepping into the leader that can extract or harness the clarity from with it like what quality would that leadership version of me have and what mm. might the obstacle 
be right now? And if the answer is, I don't know, that's totally fine. I'm just curious to see what comes up for you. Um, yeah, well, I guess that, I guess that's what I was thinking when I was saying the ability to distill the message, like the quality in terms of as a leader, I mean, as a leader, more generally, it's a powerful and useful trait. If you can distill a message to something, you know, very simple, like you've got the classic Steve Jobs kind of standing up there and saying, you know, a million songs in your pocket or, you know, what we're doing is magical or whatever. And then the ability to repeat that. And that's as a leadership skill more generally, like having to repeat that message is a key thing. So I wonder whether it is it is that it's that behavior. I suppose that's a behavior, though, is that breaking it down and then repeating it. Um, so there is it seems like there's a part of you that has a need to be like what I extract right now has to be a repeatable process. Interesting, interesting. I guess I yeah I guess I wasn't looking at it as repeatable process, but it's that's an interesting point. Is that is there a risk that I'm trying to do that rather than being more willing to experiment and just go with it? Um, so if we just stick with that thread, yeah, right. So what what was it about that that made you kind of perk up and be like, well, that's interesting. I didn't think of it that way. Like, what landed for you? Uh, the thing that landed was that I, it's, it's a um, trying to look for the repeatable process I've seen as a blocker for me in the past, like trying to find the, okay, how do I make already make this scale? I've seen how when I'm doing it for areas that are new, like let's say it was selling a brand new product, we've never sold it before. The temptation in me is, okay, well, let me work out how would I sell this over and over? But actually I've found in the part in the past, I found that it's way better work out how to sell it then work out how to do it over and over but only once you've worked out what works and so that's why it makes me smile that <laughs> it's like my temptation is to look for the repeatable process even if i've not yet found the magic solution like the magic formula um because finding the magic formula requires oh that's interesting because it requires two things uh, in my experience it requires iteration like you can't be too fixed but also it requires being in the moment you if you're thinking too meta then you're not listening and looking enough and so you know like in the sales example you need to be in the sales conversation seeing how are they responding to the thing i just said oh not very well okay let me ask another question to them oh that's interesting i wasn't expecting to go in that direction let me ask this question then oh okay they like that and other it's like you need to be present in that so that eventually you work out okay here's the here's how i go through a sales conversation where they say where you're able to describe their problem in a way that's better than they can. And then you can present the solution in a way that's completely matches to that. And then they go, yep, absolutely need this. Um, and then, then you document that <laughs> and get someone and get uh, and train up other people to do it. But I think um, maybe that's what's holding me back is I'm trying to be too cerebral, you know, using my brain to solve a problem that I need to solve by being more in the moment and doing but it's hard like I, I it's hard because I feel like I've sometimes done that, not got the result, and don't feel clear why. I guess partly because I guess partly because that's easier when you're in a one-to-one -one conversation or even or even in an in-person workshop, but it's hard to then know why. I don't know. Yeah. So okay, so first of all, I, I agree with you on on the general sentiment of, of what you said. 
and I uh, acknowledge you for allowing yourself verbally to like just follow your own thoughts like you're talking about presence like this is a good example of like well this is all of the things that are like rippling in my head and I'm just like spewing it out which is good it's, it's a good way to gain clarity so I acknowledge you for that as well um what I would add as an extension to that is is leadership a like mechanistic systemic thing that can be broken down um hmm, yes and no <laughs> perfect so in what ways yes and what ways no so yes in terms of there are definitely some behaviors attributes and processes and re like repeatable things that as a, a leader if you're not doing then it, like no matter how much soft skill and the art of it it's not going to work like if you're not on a regular basis identifying okay what are our top priorities and as a result distilling that into something that can be communicated in the team if you're not um recognizing people's contribution and uh, uh painting a vision and demon and, and showing the progress towards that if you're not doing those things and those are behaviors those are tactics tangible things that we could put in someone's calendar if you're not doing those things it makes it hard to lead effectively because even if you're just in so i'm just going to cut you off not because i don't believe what you're saying is, is, yeah. is not important i think it's actually very relevant and very accurate um it's just i don't want your brain to go on another tangent yeah, sure. right because i know it's like you you pick up yeah. on one thing and then it like yeah. You find the 10 ripple effects of like that. And then your brain just goes. And I, and I, I just want to stick to the point, which okay. is the, the only reason why, why I'm going to interrupt it. And I may do so in the future, but it's just oh, cool. for that reason, just so you're um, happy, very happy with that. Okay, perfect. So that's kind of the, the yes. And I get that, right? Like to be a leader, there are practices of leadership that I have to demonstrate in order to maintain the momentum of my leadership, mm -hmm. 110%. Yeah. So in what ways? No, right? Because the original question was, is leadership mechanistic and, and like a system that you can break down so that's the yes what's the no uh so i guess the parts i'd say are no i'd say um there are some i don't know soft traits like um uh like the ability to listen effectively and to break things down um and to distill a message um and to communicate that well and to do so enthusiastically i think you know those are softer skills that are not behaviors that you can just put in your calendar they're they're, they're traits that need to be practiced and developed and, and used um i don't subscribe to a belief that uh some people have them some people don't i think there are some people who naturally avoid it because it uses um, traits and and so on and skills that they prefer not to. Right, there are some people who just don't like to talk enthusiastically <laughs> about a, a thing, and therefore they're not going to. They will struggle struggle as a leader because part of it is painting painting a rosy, exciting vision. So I think there's some of those things, but yeah, I'd say some of those things are the, the sort of the art of it that's harder to break down correct so if you were to rewind back your answers to these questions and if you were to listen to them and i will reflect back to you what i heard 
and you know obviously you can retort or whatever doesn't does not resonate with you you mentioned leadership i brought leadership back to you as like is it this mechanicistic mechanistic systemic thing your answer to yes was to break down leadership into those components like if i do these things if i do it in these orders if i hit these like milestones with people like if i put them into these systems if they, these processes i take the input i'm going to spit out leadership right that's going to be the output and then the part that was harder was like okay well there's a soft skills which you can practice in there. Like if I say these things, then I'm going to like kind of potentially get this or if I ask these questions or if I try and tune into and get better at this skill underneath it all, there's still this sense of like, it's a bit more nebulous, but there's still the sense of like with this input, I am likely to get this output. It, it's less deterministic than the yeah. yes, but like True. somewhere yeah. with a more flowy thing, we're kind of going to get there. Yeah. So before I go on, like, does that resonate with you or is there something I missed there? Uh, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, uh, one of the soft traits that I feel I missed was kind of around risk taking, which I feel is relevant to some of the things we're talking about of putting oneself out there. Because uh, that's a, I think that's a part of leadership as well is, and again, that's a, you know, how do you, you can't schedule taking risks or you can, or you can do is kind of practice doing stuff and get more confident accepting the risk of failure um and uh, and doing those sorts of things so i think um yeah I'd, but i'd still agree it's a an input with a desired output like you put the input of enthusiasm because the output you want is excited people listening who then buy into what you're talking about you put the input of risk taking because you want the output of hopefully uh, an upside um you put the input of thinking about you know mitigating risks and and so on because you're in the output of uh, mitigating your downside so as you say there's still inputs outputs but it's um it's less easy to yeah diarize and check off 100 percent. and if there was a a way to you know boolean logic uh how to do leadership i think you'd be the perfect person to like uh <laughs> break that down because uh that's exactly what it sounded like and the, the reason I'm asking you these questions and I'm kind of leading you in this way, it's like the last answer you just had about risk taking, mm -hmm. that was the first human answer you've had about leadership. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you get to define leadership how you want to define it. And that's fine. Right. But fundamentally, as the leader within your organization, there are a lot of leadership aspects that are going to fall into that, you know, if then input output mm -hmm. aspect, I would argue or invite you to consider whether that is more the operational delegation of what mm -hmm. I ultimately want leadership to be and the checks and balances that ensure that my leadership is getting the output that I want. Right. But beyond that, the reason why I highlight, well, risk-taking is the first human thing you've mentioned is because there was nothing in your answers about being, right? Like, uh, who am I being uh -huh. yeah. as, like, how do I show up? Who do I have to be? What mm -hmm. personal qualities do I have to, like, step into in order to be a leader? And 
this is a classic case of, you know, the kind of like the, the man with the hammer, right? Like everything becomes a nail yeah. and you are so good and you've gotten such great results with using your brain yeah. to solve problems, which makes sense why, like I started out in the back end and like we got the success because there was less dependency on the human aspect. Mm -hmm. And I don't say any of this, like, you know, judging or like, look at what you're missing kind of way. I say this in a very real, this is extremely common with people who are intellectually gifted. Right. So it's like a classic example is like, you can't outthink your emotions like that. That's one example yeah. of that. Similarly, you can't outthink or outbully in your way into empathy. So like your empathy to the other and your attunement to the other is going to be in a direct reflection to your attunement to yourself. So it's like the more that I can actually tune into, well, what do I feel right now from a somatic, like sensory perspective, from a feeling perspective, from an internal world perspective, not a, you know, input output result oriented perspective the more attuned you are going to be with meeting people where they're at, yeah. right? Because, and the other part that I was going to get you to like give you as a question as well, it's like, well, what if you are not technically correct, but are connecting with somebody like on a human level, right? Because the mm -hmm. people you are serving ultimately don't have your skill set. Mm -hmm. Therefore it's like, like if, if you just, forget what you're doing. Like think of somebody that needs to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. You know, they're like a hundred pounds overweight and you're talking to them about like meal prepping and like eating this type of way and like exercise. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like really what they need to just acknowledge is like, Hey, like I, I want to make a change and like yeah. switching from Coke to diet Coke would be enough. But it's like in your yeah. head, you're like, man, that's not going to get you anywhere. It doesn't matter. You're not meeting people where they're at. And the only way you yeah. can do that is if your empathy is at a level where you can show up to like connect with that part of themselves and then be okay with the fact that your brain's going to go 10 steps ahead, but it doesn't matter. Emotionally as presence as who this person is with where they're at and my understanding, not of their technical things, but of their human perception of where they're at, their needs, their wants, their feelings then I can meet them there. And yeah. from there, when the time is right, trickle the gift that is my logic and my intellect. So what's landing for you from that? Yeah, so love that. Completely agree. Um, and it's interesting to talk about the the empathy side and uh, leaning into the intellectual and so on. Um, one of the journeys that I've gone on personally um, has been uh, a diagnosis uh, of my son uh, as being um, autistic, um, not severely, but because um, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a spectrum. Um, and so there's been various things that we've put in place um, at school and all these things to support him. And one of the things I definitely identify with is some of those traits of autism and so have uh, ide uh, identified myself as being mildly autistic. One of the challenges of that is struggling with it's sort of struggling with empathy, but I think um, something I've come to learn over time is that I, I remember looking at it previously and thinking, what? So struggling with empathy like a sociopath, like, like a psychopath, like not caring what people think. But it's not that. If anything, it's the opposite. Like I and my son care a lot what people think. 
you know, if anything, we're worried that we might cause offence through our own dumb, like, inability to understand the situation that we're in. And therefore, we're incredibly careful about, um, you know, uh, well, particularly personally, I'm very careful about not co- not causing offence, but also not causing inconvenience, not making work for others. Uh, in, interesting, my reference even to the start of our conversation, Jessica. Um, and so I, I'm very conscious of that. And I and I think I am good at having one-to-one conversations with people and asking questions. You know, the consultant in me means that I'm able to ask questions and really unpack it and then go, okay, here's how we solve it. Um, and and understand like where they're at. But I really struggle with that group empathy, that sort of sense of understanding where someone might be when they get to a landing page <laughs> or whatever. Like it's not like, you know. Even even if I've learned over my life to overcome, you know, some of the uh, the the challenges that um, that perhaps some autistic traits can give me around struggling with autism, like I can read people well, I can understand all of that. You can't, I can't do that when they're on a landing page, like and and yet, as you say, like you need to meet people where they are. Um, and so may- maybe maybe it's. Maybe it's paring back the ambition or bear, paring back the the 10 steps um, and trying to start from a, a much lower ambition point of view, which even, even as I say it, I can feel my body resisting, right? Like, it's like, what? Why would I do that? Why would I do a workshop where I'm basically like the, to use that same analogy, like I'm, I've got a workshop with a group room of people that are all 100 pounds overweight and I like, and they want to lose weight. And yet I'm basically going to tell them to switch diet coat. It's like, what? Why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so I I haven't yet worked out how I overcome that or how I how I tap in how I fully tap into what it is that um, therefore is appropriate to to as you put it meet people where they're at. So um, well, first and foremost, beautiful awareness, and again, I just want to acknowledge you for the the openness to go there and how freely you allow yourself to go there, because for people that are so head oriented, you know, my experience is usually like the defenses will usually come up before they allow themselves to go where you went that quickly. So I just just want to acknowledge you for that because it's not a small thing. Um, The nuance that I would reflect back to you in that is like you mentioned when you're talking about your son and then like you notice uh, qualities with yourself and the word careful came about. Like I'm actually very attuned to like what's Mm. going on, but I'm very careful that I don't stir any like, like feathers or however you want to call it, like whatever the terminology is you want to call it. So careful when taken to a bigger extreme becomes control. Mm -hmm. So when I can logically throw so much at the situation to control it as much as possible, then not only do I control for my own safety in that, okay, well, I won't be perceived a particular way, but two, if I overwhelm my environment in this instance of people with so much logic that I'm naturally stronger at them, they don't have, like they, they, they are too in the tornado of what I'm throwing at them to potentially ever be a threat to me emotionally, right? <laughs> 
And yeah. I'm not saying that is or is not like your, your conscious decision, but I'm just yeah. saying when you take carefulness to an extreme, you are basically optimizing your gift to ensure that your emotional like baseline is never rattled, right? Which yeah. while keeping you safe is great. However, the flip side of that coin is then I can't access that emotional range to then get better at meeting people where they're at. And that yeah. discomfort that you mentioned, like when I think of, I'm going to use the word dumbing down, not because I'm like disrespecting who you work with or, or whatever, it, it, it just more for the sake of like, my brain knows this is where I need to go, but like other yeah. people's aren't following. So from that perspective, dumbing down what I reveal, like that discomfort is really that like, oh crap, like I'm going to be just doing like half a step forward with these people. Like what's going to come up? If they're not overwhelmed yeah, with the information, yeah. what like, oh, then they get upset with like just that bit. Then they're not going to see the value and everything. Then they're not going to buy. Like then you get into the inner critic. You get into kind of the insecurities mm -hmm. around that. Right. So it seems like a nuanced little thing, but it no, opens like up it, a yeah. whole world. So again, what what is landing for you there? Yeah, no, I, I like that. And it's interesting. So two, two thoughts that occurred on the, uh, or, or or feelings on the on the dumbing down thing. So I think one is that that sense of like, am I serving them enough? Like you know, it's a big motivator for me. Is I want to serve people. I want to help people. And therefore, that feeling of you know, am I really going to go in there for half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half workshop, or you know, spend a load of time and money advertising to go to a landing page or whatever to just give them this? Like, is that, is that feeling of being like, firstly, I don't, because I'm looking at it thinking, as you say, like 10 steps down to one, as you say, like they're, they're kind of dumbing down, but, or, or just um, reduction of scope. If we were to kind of be politer, it's like, um, for me, I'm just kind of going, ah, like, uh, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't value that therefore. And of course that's not meeting people where they're at. It's like, that's almost the opposite of, yep. of me saying, well, what would I value? because i'm not there um so that's one sort of feeling i had around it and then the second one which is probably a bit deeper was was probably and i'm not sure whether this is true but the the thought that i had or the risk that i think is there is am i at risk of almost feeling like if i don't give them more like if i don't give them the 10 or the eight or the five or whatever instead i give them this one tiny little thing here um will they think less of me and that's because of course that's a either uh, either a real risk because frankly i could turn up to a presentation <laughs> deliver this and then think what an idiot <laughs> like it, did he literally like you imagine you turn up to a load of athletes and say you know you should really switch from coke to diet coke and they just go who is this guy like that could actually happen and of course in the business world i'm showing up to groups of large groups of people and online like or in person and there is a mix and there are some absolute legends and in, in many cases i'm looking at them going wow you've achieved some fantastic things in areas like marketing or whatever that i can only dream of but i'm just ahead in a different area so i kind of look up to that so that i do feel that risk of what if they just think this is dumb and not useless and therefore rate me in that way but that's um so just pause yeah. right there 
Why don't you turn that around and replace every they or them with I or me? Uh, <laughs> do I have enough recall of that thought process? I was, I was trying to be very in the so moment. If I um, give them the one out of 10, will yeah. they think that is enough or they're going to think like this is yeah. silly or whatever so if, it was? If I give me the one out of 10, will I think that is enough? Uh, yeah, I'll... <laughs> I'm not sure I think around that way. Uh, I guess, um, no, I need, I, I need, I need some help on that. Like, sure. So, okay. I'll, I'll just, I don't know the exact wording as well, but yeah, yeah. we'll just kind of summarize it. If I give them a one out of 10, will I think I'm enough about myself. Well, I think this is good enough for my own delivery. Mm. To which I'd probably, if I like, and if I was coaching myself, I'd be saying like, depends on what you're valuing. Like, if the eight, and that's the yeah. logical answer. But notice right now, in this room, there's nobody judging you. Your ideal customers are not in this room. Yeah. Yeah. Where your brain goes to is I'm surrounded by people I look up to. Mm -hmm. If I dumb it down for them, they're going to think I'm a fool. You're already judging yourself before we've started. Mm -hmm. And I know I've used harsh words and, and it's not yeah, your yeah, wording, it, it, but too, I think you get the, the essence yeah, of what I'm saying. Exaggerate and make it easier to see. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. Um, yeah, agreed. And, and, and uh, you know, even when I was sharing the thought, I said, I'm not sure whether this is true because I'm not. I, I think I think in general, as you're probably uh, seeing in this call, I think I'm transparent enough and open enough to be wrong and to um, change my view. Like, I think that's that's been something I've probably worked. Yeah, worked on a lot is like the ability to form a view and hold it and present it, but also hold it loosely because I, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um so which uh, and again i'm going to just add nuance to all yeah. these things because i think you yeah. can take it it's it's a solution orientation mm -hmm. right your safety is in scanning the world yeah. looking for problems and the yes. solutions to them yes so like if i own my faults then yes. i can quickly solve a problem and a solution correct yes right? great trait to have one step removed from the being because it skips over well who am i when i just sit with the grace and the acceptance of making a mistake you actually do do that part in the solution but what you skip is the feeling part of that is, is the <laughs> empathy part of that right yeah. because you've solved the problem it's no longer a problem i can move on with my life but we never have to yeah. address like which part of me maybe felt neglected, maybe felt unseen, maybe, you know, kind of like if you're going to look back to, to your own child, right? Like, do you just solve the problem or do you acknowledge the person, the child, their feeling, their experience, and then help them through the problem, right? It's mm. like that part is also being skipped internally. And it's just yeah. by default because your brain works so quickly. And because I'm moving on to the next challenge, right? Obstacles the way, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And as a result, I suppose that the risk there is that it means that I'm, if I'm never, if I'm not fully acknowledging how I was feeling 
before the problem was solved and recognizing what that's then done for me that makes it harder for me to meet people where they're at because I'm not able because what I should be doing I guess or or a tool that I could be using to meet people where they're at and think about what that one dumbed down or de-scoped version is is to think where was I like if I want to meet people where they at where they're at I should be looking at where was I when I was where they are in this particular area and therefore what were where were what was I feeling and because yes. if I was feeling like, you know, I, I all of this just feels overwhelming. Like, for example, if we were ahead of this conversation 10 years hence, and I was looking back at me now and going, how was I feeling about ability to distill the message, put the message out there? Like, if I just solved this problem, I'd just be like, oh, yeah, I solved another problem. Whereas I need to be able to articulate how it felt at the time and what I would probably have accepted then as being a sensible next step. So maybe that, yeah, as you say, maybe by skipping over, it reduces my ability to then do that. Correct. And again, I totally agree with everything. And I would add a nuance to it that's kind of like bleeding into the sales bit as well here. It's like, yes, understanding where it is that I was at the time that I had this problem, but then not also just how I felt because like I fully trust in your ability to like look at somebody be like, oh, this person's feeling frustration, right? Like going back to that kind of like yeah. wrong sociopathic like like concern. It's like, no, like you obviously know when somebody's upset or they're frustrated. Yeah. So I, I, it's not like that's kind of the surface level thing. What's underneath that is your brain's like, okay, well, this person's feeling frustrated. Well, clearly they're frustrated because X, Y, Z system is not optimized and whatever, whatever. So if I solve that problem, they won't be frustrated, correct and appropriate once they are in the process of being a client with you. That's like an onboarding conversation. But if you're talking about where am I at beforehand, mm. really it is that frustration is the surface level problem, but it's yeah. like, how can I step into their world and understand the far reaching consequences of what that means about them as a business owner, what that means about them and how they show up in their life, what that means about their ability to lead their team because they can't this part together. What does it mean about them that they can't understand it and they feel you know, less than in their own way with the fact that they can't get this together? Like That is the human part of the technical problem. And mm. the reason you are good at solving the technical problem is because you have an, an innate ability to just focus on the objective problem. Most people don't. They're, they're stuck in the yeah. weeds of all of their, basically the baggage and the drama behind mm. the math, right? Like you're, you're looking at this like math, they're like, well, I know two plus two is four, but like this and that, and like, you know, it's yeah. just like, we don't need all that stuff. And you can yeah. get right down to the core of it, which is a beautiful thing on the execution and fulfillment side yeah. on this side it is yeah all that baggage is relevant all that baggage is what you want to get rid of all that baggage is exactly why you're experiencing the problems you have i can help you solve that baggage through this other thing and i know we're kind of blending your leadership with like things you know in sales but i'm just highlighting yeah, to you how your bypassing of this conscious or unconscious is creating the blind spot for you to meet people where they're at mm. right so again yeah. what lands for you there oh all of it that's amazing no I, I i love that i think um 
yeah, as you say, like the, with the the frustration surface level, and so I think stepping into that, as you say, like the the consequences to their life, and embracing that, I think somehow, <laughs> I think because I'm looking to jump to like because I'm wanting to add value, right? So let's say I'm yeah, in the way now. that you know how and have practiced for decades, which is uh, my brain and all the other things. Right? Uh, co correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Good. Good catch. Because, of course, I can add value by recognizing how people feel and, and making them feel that's normal. That is value. And I'm whereas you're right, even now I'm filtering like, oh, that's not value. Value is the solution. So and that's correct. that's I need to split those two things. Um, so I can totally see how I skip some of the consequences and stepping in because I'm like, yeah, I could spend five minutes talking about how this particular business owner that we helped, like the impact of them working 60 hour weeks and working weekends and doing all these things and what that meant for their life and what that meant for their team. What they were... But it's like, ah, oh, you know, they know that already. They're probably in that feeling. Like, let me close that and instead tell them the solution. <laughs> and of course, like that doesn't create the... Yeah, it doesn't create the resonance. It doesn't make them feel like the ah yes, this I this problem is how I feel and match up, and therefore I'm now open to what this solution might be. Um, and instead they'd be resistant to it because they're like, ah, oh, this just sounds like a leather nose stuff. Like you know, to go back to that losing weight analogy, it's like you know being told right. So what you need to do is basically run a marathon. <laughs> it's like yeah, but I can't, I can't run, and I some days I can't get out of bed it's like um and yeah instead I need to step back into the okay how did it feel how did it feel for me but also I was, I was actually thinking it doesn't even need to be a oh how did it feel for me like I have had these conversations and worked with clients that have been in these places and I can totally remember and have got notes on and can go back to how did they feel at the time what were the consequences but I'm it's not I'm glossing over it. It's that I'm like limiting the time spent on it because I'm like, they don't want to hear about that, which of course is the opposite. If I know that is the bit that is the bit that people actually care about. Correct. Um, so basically what you're identifying there is like that is the business solution to you know this problem. Mm. Your over time ability to get better at that skill. Yes, practice is going to be one of it, iteration, reps, all of that, 100% true. The depth to which you can go to this understanding is going to be directly proportional to your depth and ability to do it within yourself or to do it within the people close to you, right? Because you saw how quickly your brain just default, you don't even notice it, right? Yeah. It's like when I pointed out, like, oh yeah, you're right. So that that's basically it. So now it's basically the decision in front of you is like, okay, well, knowing this, do I then do the work to build my own capacity for, for this emotional body, the, the, this, this human aspect of my leadership? Or do I choose not to do that and just recognizing my skill, strength, and or limitation, you know, outsource that to somebody else who I trust? Like there's no right or wrong answer here. Just like this is kind of going back to the beginning. It's your leadership definition. What kind of leader do you want to be? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. It's what side of you do you want to develop is really what the question is in front of you. Yeah. So that is a much deeper question. Yeah. And just for the sake of time, um, yeah. I just want to begin yeah, to close this off. But 
as far as just kind of understanding what's in front of you, does this feel complete uh, for you? Yeah, yeah, it does. No, I, I think that's really interesting. I think, as you say, it opens up a whole new chapter of exploring those options and and what that might look like and how one would even go about some of those things, um, which don't immediately uh, jump jump to mind, which is um, both interesting because it's uh, because normally I've got some reference point I can use. Whereas with that I haven't, but also it's interesting that maybe that's good. Maybe I'm opening myself up to the fact that there isn't necessarily a here we go, and then you do steps A and B and C. So no, that's that's really cool. And I, yeah, I love the um, uh, yeah, I love the 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 nuance points that you've highlighted around like you know being too careful can actually be taken to a discomfort with lack of control, which means that you end up like defaulting to let me throw a load of stuff at this so that I maintain control and protect myself which then means that i'm not then doing what we've discussed which is tapping more into what was the feeling what was the consequence where was i or where was the person that i was helping and then using that for me to tap into and therefore what's the person that's reading this listening to this hearing this attending this what are they likely to be feeling um because when i'm in a one-to-one i can ask (laughs) correct um so uh yeah it's it's about using using those experiences to tap into that and i think uh, as you uh, mentioned before like and also in real time when i'm experiencing moments like this like tapping into that how do i feel about this and what's the impact correct what is my internal experience and then when you get good at that you don't have to spend as much brain power on it. And then it'll be, okay, well, what is their internal experience? Yeah. And then you get into further nuance of is communication actually happening? I, I know we're exchanging words, but is communication actually happening? And then two, what are they saying beneath the surface? They'll mm. say words, but what do they actually mean? As told by other actions, as told by like further listening, you know, it's it's kind of like if you look at this conversation today, right? Like you will have said a innocent word like careful and it opened up this whole other world. Yeah. Right. That That's I only know that because I've went through my own journeys and have walked clients through journeys like that where innocent sounding words are great covers, especially by intelligent people who say them eloquently for wells of exploration and growth and evolution right Mm. but it's like i can see that because i've spent a lot of time cultivating like the the being aspect right and i'm not even saying this to kind of like like compare and like look at me or whatever but it's just you have a clear experience of what that can mean so it's like imagine having that capacity on your end when you're about to close like a big deal you know what I mean? So like, that's kind of where this can translate into yeah. business growth and profit and not to mention more fulfillment because it's, you're less banging your head against the wall of like, why isn't this working? Yeah. And no, I love that. Cool. Awesome. Perfect. Well, in that case, thank you very much for uh, coming and uh, showing up in this way. If you want to just close us off and let everybody know, you know, who's the best person to find you? Where can they find you? Floor is yours for that. 
Yeah, sure. Lovely. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've, I've got a lot of value from this. Um, and yeah, uh, if anyone would like to connect with me and uh, uh, you've seen that I'm pretty open. So as a result, feel free to give me your own thoughts on the situation or share your own experiences or uh, your own feelings and consequences. I'd hugely valuable uh, value that. You can connect with me on most social media platforms, particularly uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm Alexis Kingsbury. There aren't many out there. There's even fewer that are male. And there's certainly anyone that's also the co-founder of Air Manual. So you can go check that out. Uh, do reach out and connect with me. Um, and uh, as you've heard on this call, um, whilst there are numerous areas that I'm working on and, and struggling to uh, and working on improving, um, I am very good at solving people's problems and giving them really clear roadmaps on how to uh, particularly solve things like freeing up time and sorting out their processes and make their business work day to day without them. So if they're interested in finding out more, please do go to airmanual.co or reach out. But yeah, no, it's been great talking to you, Josco. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure on my end as well. So yeah, we'll include all of your socials and all that good things in the uh, show notes. And uh, yeah, for everybody else listening, uh, we'll see you on the next one.